You're listening to The John DePietro Show, All Eyes on Washington. Will there be a government shutdown? Let's get the latest from GMA. And millions across the country will be impacted. In a last-ditch effort, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will bring his own proposal to the floor for a vote today, but his own members are standing in the way. This morning, with no deal in sight, millions of Americans preparing to go without pay. Just one day out from a government shutdown. But House Speaker Kevin McCarthy can't even unite his own party. He rejected a bipartisan plan from the Senate to keep the government funded, telling his own members if they vote for his proposal today, he'll add measures to increase border security. Those holdouts not backing down, threatening to oust him as Speaker. Do you believe McCarthy has the votes? He puts that for, TR on the floor what? tomorrow? No, he doesn't. It will fail. Yeah. McCarthy firing back. Why would they side with Biden on an open border when we have an opportunity to do something about it? Are they doing it for that reason? Are they doing it for personal reasons? Are they doing it chaos? The impact would stretch far beyond the border. Four million government workers could lose a paycheck. Seven million mothers could lose federal assistance to feed their families. And the reality is, not funding the government would only create more challenges at the border, leaving 20,000 Border Patrol officers without pay. Federal funds assisting local communities could be halted. That means that we're going to have to put more people on overtime. It's a national security threat. Border communities like Laredo, Texas, already weighing emergency declarations, struggling with a surge of migrants. If that shuts down, then it'll be a total disruption and chaos. Senate Democrats calling McCarthy's sudden demands for border security too little too late. If we need to put on the table some border security measures, we should take the next two months to figure out exactly what that is, rather than throwing something together in an afternoon and jamming it into this bill. So this morning, McCarthy is in a box at sharp odds with the Senate's top Republican. Shutting down the government is a choice, and it's a choice that would make the crisis at our southern border even worse and facing a revolt from his own members is that a failure of leadership the fact that republicans didn't start this process sooner we are now down to the wire here yes. and we're still going through this yes it is a failure of leadership what republicans have been focused on launching an impeachment inquiry into president biden holding a six-hour hearing alleging he benefited from his son hunter biden's business dealings as vice president but even their own witnesses testified there's no evidence of that I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. That is something that an inquiry has to establish. But I also do believe that the House has passed the threshold for an impeachment inquiry into the conduct of President Biden. At this point, it appears to be less of a question of if there will be a government shutdown and more of a question of how long it will last. In the coming days, there will be growing pressure on those House Republicans to work together with Democrats on a bipartisan solution, but they only appear to be digging in, Michael. Yeah, it seemed to be the case, Rachel, unfortunately. Thank you so much. Now, where is this going to go? Um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this is a, a big political gamble. Let's go uh, back to GMA. John Kirby now, national security spokesperson, the impact uh, on potential government shutdown. Let me uh, pick it up right here. Here we go. Mr. Kirby, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I just want to jump right in and ask you, how could a government shutdown impact the military? Well, the first and most immediate impact, uh, Michael, is that those 1.3 million active duty troops won't get paid. Now, they'll still be on the uh, out there deployed. They'll still be defending this country, but they won't get paid. And uh, look, nobody joins the military to get rich. Every paycheck matters. And you miss a couple, it starts to show up in terms of your ability to pay rent, pay for groceries, pay your bills. Uh, it'll have a, a significant effect on their morale. It won't just be them, though, sir. It'll be the civilian employees of the Defense Department. Hundreds of thousands of them will be furloughed which means they're not only getting not, not only getting paid they won't be allowed to show up for work so that will have an impact on the way the pentagon does business every single day yeah and, and a lot of these civilian employees that you talk about they play a really crucial role in the running of the government and you know domestic impact is pretty clear but could this shutdown if it does happen also Im impact the ongoing aid to ukraine 
Oh, it absolutely could. I mean, for instance, we got enough money right now left uh, to we, we can continue to support Ukraine with some security assistance packages in coming weeks. Uh, but without that supplemental funding, we asked for $13 billion from Congress just for defense-related support to Ukraine. Without that supplemental funding, we, we could actually have a real significant problem supporting Ukraine as they get further into the fall and as they continue to try to prosecute this counteroffensive. Not only that, but our ability to restock our Pentagon's shelves with inventory as we give it to Ukraine will be limited because the contract specialists, those civilians that will get furloughed, won't be on the job. A good point there. And how, how are you preparing for a possible shutdown? Well, first thing we're doing is obviously continuing to urge Congress to do their job and to pass this funding bill and make make sure that the government can keep keep working. But we're also uh, going to great lengths to inform the workforce uh, officially across the federal government uh, about what the shutdown could mean for them, making sure that they know if they're going to be furloughed, who's going to be furloughed, how that process is going to work, uh, as well as making sure the troops know uh, that we're working very, very hard to keep them getting paid while they continue to defend the country. And, and, and is it really is it really much much that you can do though I mean, this has got to, there's not a lot we can do here at the White House, no. This is, this is between Speaker McCarthy and a, and a small group of House Republicans that want to hold the entire U.S. government hostage. This is between him and his caucus, and they need to solve this problem. All right, Mr. Kirby, John Kirby, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Always appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Folks, high drama continues. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement, Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252, AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family-run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, Channel 10 has an interesting exclusive. They have the wife of the councilman that was found uh, in Cranston, Matt Riley, smoking crack cocaine, and then allegations of um, that he was child molestation with one of the friends of one of his children. I want to play the sound of the wife uh, speaking with wife Channel and 10. Kids currently live. And for the first time tonight, we are hearing from his ex-wife. The night team's Gabrielle Caracciolo is live in studio with the interview that you'll see only on 10 tonight. Gabrielle? Yeah, well, former Cranston City Councilman Matthew Riley is accused of molesting a 12-year-old girl. The alleged victim in his case is the same age as one of his children, who he could soon be living with if he is granted home confinement. So I'm trying to pick up the pieces that he's left for me, and it's been tough. It's been a challenging few months for Lindsay Riley after her ex-husband and father of her children was arrested twice. It was a lot for me to try and, like, cope with for me and my children. Former Cranston City Councilman Matthew Riley was first arrested on drug charges in May. Police body cameras were recording when officers found him passed out in his car with crack cocaine laced with fentanyl. I was just taking I was just on my way back from court. Then, less than a month later, he was arrested again, facing child molestation against a 12-year-old. How do you explain to a 9 and a 12-year-old that their father was convicted of child molestation of a 12-year-old? Riley's currently being well, held charged. without bail, but his request for home confinement is under review. I'm extremely concerned. I'm not okay with this. If approved, he would go back to his mother's home, where his ex-wife and children currently live, something Lindsay is hoping to prevent. Living in the same house in which I'm trying to raise my children in, granted it's his mother's house, is inconceivable to me that he could be let out even on a home confinement basis. It makes no sense to me. 
Attorney Austin Dana says requests for home confinement are evaluated on a case-by-case basis. It may make a difference for this judge whether or not these are biological or non-biological children, but facing the charges that this defendant's facing, I think it's going to be hard for a judge to say that he can have contact with any children. But Lindsay fears he may get special treatment because of the roles he once held. He's a city councilman and a family court attorney. I feel safer with him behind bars. Now, Riley has a family court hearing tomorrow and a bail review hearing for his child molestation case on Friday. His lawyer tells me that they don't have any comment at this time. In studio, Gabrielle Caracciolo, NBC 10 News 19. Okay, so that's obviously a tough one for uh, the former councilman. Um, <clears throat> boy, that's doesn't get much more dramatic than that, than the... Uh, I mean, you can hear, if she could, they're going through a very brutal divorce. So her attorney contacted Channel 10, said she's willing to go on camera, talk about this. She doesn't want him coming in. This guy's got, obviously, massive problems. I interviewed one year ago, right now, I interviewed then Cranston City Councilman Matt Riley. And then he just went on this spiral with uh, his actions of drug use, uh, obviously something He's being charged with something happened with he is a child who's 12, one of her friends. This guy's in an awful lot of trouble. Now, they're trying to make the argument that they want to get him uh, living at the mother's house on home confinement. But his current wife, soon to be ex-wife, is currently living there with their two children. And how much does she not want him to go to get on home confinement which would you know to get out of prison she's willing to do an interview on channel 10 and and argue that i um it's put it mildly it's a very unfortunate situation for their children that they're going through all of this let alone with his problems i guess you could argue with what's happened with the father is it really going to affect the kids if then if then the mother's on television news saying we really don't want him to come to the mother's house on home confinement but the mother must be saying well if we can get him out of jail because it sounds like he could be going to jail for quite some time uh very very serious charges the crack thing is one thing you could get rid of that with some rehab but the child molestation with one of the friends he was also a basketball coach you can see the story on that on dipetro.com. Folks, you're listening to The John DePetro Show. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's My Health. It's all about your health, local products, I say ye. Honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health. At it's my health. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he's our legal expert. It's uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off. Channel 10, 
WJR, they get an interview. Councilman, you flash, go back to May of just this past year, but uh, Matt Riley of Cranston. First, he is found passed out. Uh, Cranston police, where apparently he was smoking crack cocaine. Then there were charges of child molestation. I believe it was a friend of one of his children. Anyhow, his still married wife and two children apparently live with his mother and the the wife is so upset that he is looking for home confinement at the home that it belongs to his mother where the, the wife and the uh, the two children live that she goes on channel 10 saying she thinks he should stay in jail uh we haven't seen anything like this granted former councilman but i'm just curious legal aspect of the uh the home confinement and this interview sounds like she's the wife is is trying to sabotage the whole thing well um uh, matt riley and his wife based on what i understand have been involved in a very vicious protracted nasty divorce right um with lots of allegations counter allegations i think the wife has largely my understanding brought much of not not the um crack you his interaction with his children allegedly and other activities that he's been involved in uh, through her counsel has been very effective bringing a lot of Matt Riley's um, personal life activities to the forefront. No one wants to sit in jail. I mean, Matt Riley first got uh, charged with the uh, crack, um, smoking the crack in his car, followed by while he was, I believe he had been uh, bailed on that charge. Now he gets charged with the child molestation which puts him in the ACI. That's that's a capital case. That's that's a usually a non-bail offense. So I'm sure he doesn't like sitting in jail, and I'm sure he's looking for his lawyer to get him home confinement. Well, if the home confinement was going to be he was going to be living with his mother, well, you you might have a plausible argument. As well, I want to be released. I want to go live in a house owned by my mother. And I want to share that house with minor children and a wife who I am in a pitched battle with and family. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like an implausible scenario that the court system would spring this guy to home confinement, putting him in a house with a, a woman who is quite adverse to his interests and kids. Now, there's no allegation. I don't this child alleged it's all alleged child molestation that his kids were in any way a part of that but i can't imagine based on what we know of the case that a judge would stretch out take a chance let this guy go out on home confinement a very unusual living arrangement it seems like a recipe for some real bad further results so it's an interesting story um it's provocative but i don't think the judge in this case would be inclined to give him home confinement on the conditions that seem to be part of the play going to live with his ex-wife and the kids um with a with an ankle monitor i i don't see it happening john it, is it uh, did the Channel Ten piece? Do you think that helps helps the, uh, the the you know the the wife's case, or or do you think d- does that come into play here uh, at all? Is that maybe not a factor? I, well, I think the Channel Ten publicity um, will hamper uh, Matt Riley's attempts to get home confinement. I don't think it helps him. I think it hurts him. Folks, we're with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Don. Tim, let's move to national story, the Senate. New Jersey Senator, got to admit, boy, the guy's very defiant. Um, allegations seem very strong against him, but he held what I would also say was a very disciplined press briefing the other day, uh, trying to defend himself, saying that 
he was holding on. They were finding cash envelopes um, in some of his clothes that in case of emergency. And even though he was actually born in New York, but saying in Cuba, the government for confiscation reasons. And, um, and it was all his, and he's going to defend it. And he hasn't done any other interviews. He's, he's pretty cool. But just curious, uh, let's, let's talk about this senator who's, who's found himself in, um, in very serious, and the wife, by the way, allegations. It, it, I, I guess you could say this senator has um, lots of intestinal fortitude. He, he went, your, your listeners will recall, he went through a trial a few years back on corruption charges. I thought back then he was going to be found guilty. I believe that case wound up in some charges. He was found not guilty, but on other charges, the jury hung. And I think the government decided not to retry him. So he's been flirting with, you know, questionable conduct in the past. This new allegation is that he's been using his position as chairman of the Foreign Relations It's a very powerful position to help um, business interests that he has connections to in um, Egypt and helping other businessmen with their you know, foreign affairs activities. And the allegation is that he's getting kickbacks in the form of cash or gold bars. Now, I don't know. How, I mean, you hear lots of... Um, on the radio, you should invest in gold, you should invest in gold, buy some gold coins. I don't know of many people who have gold bars right. in their house. This guy had many, many gold bars in his house. Now, does he have receipts? Did he, um, can he show that he went on AM radio and started buying up gold <laughs> you know, with these various companies? Yeah. If you have bars in your house, there's got to be a paper trail of how you acquired them. So that's going to be issue one. Issue two, these envelopes full of cash that are found around his house in his clothing, you know, his um, blazer um, pocket, interior pocket, and all over the place. Oh, that's my money. Uh, I don't trust banks. I like to keep some of it under my mattress, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and he's saying, well, you know, I guess he's has some Cuban-American ancestry and look at Cuba confiscates people's money. I want to make sure I've got money on the sidelines. Well, that's a nice talking point. But of the cash that's there, this this guy is a senator who is on the federal payroll. He gets he gets his check from his employment. He may have other investments, but he's going to have to explain where all the cash came from if he can show that he's regularly withdrawing cash from his checking account or savings account or investment account and he can connect the dots as to how all of this cash accumulated and is kept in his house five hundred thousand right does does he have records to demonstrate that if he doesn't he's going to be in trouble now He's a senator. He doesn't want to give up the seat. No one in that position does. You know, he's does it. You're right. He does as a news conference. Um, and he said what any lawyer would say. Look, my client is cloaked with the presumption of innocence and he is presumed innocent until you know a judge or a jury finds him guilty. And until such time, he's going to carry on. So that's what he's doing. And, um, from, from a legal perspective, that's what he should do. I'm, I'm innocent yeah. until proven guilty. Right. You know, the optics are horrible. Um, you know, the political ramifications of his involvement in what appears to be um, uh, public corruption may be provable, maybe not provable. Um, certainly there's a lot of Democrat senators saying he should resign now. Um I, I, I think Chuck Schumer can count heads and realizes he needs to keep as many Democrats in their seats as possible. But right. I, I, I think that the senator can't be faulted for saying, I'm presumed innocent, I'm not going anywhere. And based upon him standing in there and not resigning when he was last tried for corruption 
in the federal system. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert turning Tim Dodd right here on the John DeVito Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shoppa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today. Free consultation. 401-900-INSU. 401-900-4678. Shoppa Insurance. SIA. Stephen, very experienced. Whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shoppa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's go to national politics. Uh, President Trump, granted, he's got some legal problems, uh, especially in New York State. But what about just the legal element? Um, a couple of accusations that he has thrown out, starting with that when elected, if he's back in the White House, he's going to uh, investigate MSNBC and Comcast. Well, uh, he he says lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if who's going to do this investigation. He's going to turn the Justice Department onto MSNBC saying that... um, they're doing the country harm you know he's basically saying um talking about nbc and msnbc i think his quote was that the country is being the country is being threatened with treasonous conduct right that's a tall order and i'm not sure he has any chance or any facts to substantiate that um it's part of his stump speech I'm sure it gets applause from his the faithful that are at his rallies, et cetera. But it's really an implausible thing that he's suggesting, unless he's got lots of facts to back this up that we don't yet know about. It seems um, not a reasonable thing to be saying you're going to do. Um, and it serves the narrative that Trump wants to get in to basically get even with his enemies. And yeah. that's really not a good um, political pitch to be making that I'm going to get even with everyone that's, you know, tried to hurt me in the last four years or during, while I was president. I, I don't see it. I don't see him doing anything with NBC or MSNBC. And I don't think his attorney general, if he were reelected, would want to have any part of it. What about uh, the legal aspect of General Milley would be uh, tried, possibly executed (laughs) for treason? Well, that's, you know, uh, that was a very provocative quote, and it got a lot of media coverage. But if you really look, I mean, Trump is complaining, and I think legitimately so, that Milley has been a disaster, that the, um, and, and pointing mainly to our withdrawal from Afghanistan right and and what a what an unmitigated disaster that was and putting it at the feet of Millie for doing such a terrible job people died equipment billions of dollars in equipment were left it was it seems like the most ridiculous way to do the withdrawal possible and that's what we did however what he then says, President Trump, is in times gone by, that's the key, in times gone by, the punishment for this type of conduct, if treasonous, could have been death or would have been death. But he's talking about in times gone by. Sure. So I'm not sure if he's talking about during the Revolutionary War or the War of 1812 when, you know, treason, you know, is potentially punishable by death. 
It has happened before for treasonous conduct. Look at the Rosenbergs, but it hasn't happened in recent history. So when he talks about in times gone by, and then he goes on to talk about the tr potentially treasonous conduct, that's a little different. But the headline that the media spins is Trump suggests death for, for General Milley. And it's not quite what he said. I'm not defending the comments. Again, I think that to go that far um, is it's provocative. Um, it's it seems ill-considered from from in my view to to suggest such a thing for you know the the general of the Joint Chiefs, but he says it. He gets headlines, but. He didn't say that Billy should be, you know, put to death. He said in times gone by, this conduct could have been considered treasonous. And I think the specter is that could have resulted in a death sentence. But it's not what the media is reporting. And Tim Dodd, this New York case where now they're, they're saying that his businesses were overvalued. Um, I, I, I mean, you tell me, I just think in the crux of things, uh, it's not that any legal you know, situation potentially could be important. But when, when you look at the Georgia case or certainly the document case, I, I, I think they would view this kind of down the pecking order a little bit as far as in terms of importance. Well, it's, it's not a criminal case. He right. is not subject to jail. Um, yeah. This is a case that's being considered by a civil standard of proof, which is much less than a criminal standard of proof. In this New York state case, a New York state um, judge, not a federal judge, but a state judge, has determined that the Trump organization did commit fraud and did misrepresent the valuation of various Trump assets, sometimes overvaluing them, sometimes undervaluing them. And what the judge is now considering, having made that determination, is there'll be a trial to consider what's the measure of damages that the state of New York has suffered. And the judge is also considering having a, a, a variety of, of receivers appointed to sort of take over the handling of these various Trump businesses. There's many, 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 many. Um, I think the total Trump businesses out there in the world are something like 500 the ones that New York could get a handle on is a subset of that. But the judge is thinking that he wants to put receivers in to take over the business operations of these various Trump enterprises. All of this is going to be appealed. The, the judge's determination, the notion of putting receivers in place will all be subject of appellate um, uh, processes the headlines in the short term will be, you know, it's determined that Trump, the Trump organization committed fraud in under and overvaluing assets. That will be a, a potent talking point. It's not criminal, but, you know, the suggestion will be that, you know, Trump plays fast and loose with lots of facts, including his business entities, and he plays with the numbers to his, to his, financial advantage. Um, the question is, if you knew or reasonably should have known that the statements you were making were false, you know, you, you might think that, well, not you, any individual might say, well, I think my house is worth $800,000. Right. And the, when you go to sell it, you might realize, oops, it's only really worth 550,000. Your number was yeah. way off. Right. Um, does that mean that when you thought it in your head, you were committing, you know, or putting it on the market, there was like some fraud or knowing misrepresentation. No, that's just people selling their house. Was Trump and his organization sophisticated enough to know that the values that they were representing to banking um, authorities to get money for loans, et cetera, did they know what they were doing was a fraudulent misrepresentation? The judge seems to find that the fraud has been shown. Um, clearly, that's going to get appealed for sure. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. The Coincident. 
226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area. Always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, a uh, very interesting press conference held by the U.S. Attorney regarding Washington Trust. And obviously the big headline out of that is they agree to pay uh, $9 million if we could walk through that this particular case. Well, what the whole notion here, it's and it's something that's been going on not specifically Washington Trust, but it's been a phenomenon in the country for for many, many years. It's the notion of redlining, uh, banks redlining, so to speak, um, certain areas where they avoid writing loans, they don't solicit business because the populations in the redlined areas are not necessarily the most desirable individuals or entities to be loaning money to um there's federal statutes making that illegal the state statutes making that illegal um washington trust says well we've never done that we have all sorts of um initiatives to uh, reach out to um, underserved communities um the u.s attorney says well wait a minute you know, Washington Trust, once they expanded beyond South County, they started off like in the westerly area. Once you've come into the suburbs, you know, Providence, Cranston, and all over the place, you've never opened a branch in a majority Black or a majority Hispanic um, area. It's always in majority white areas. So now Washington Trust has committed that they will open branches in majority black or majority Hispanic communities. And they're going to invest millions of dollars in a loan subsidy fund. And they're gonna pay $9 million um, in essentially fines for the conduct that they engaged in. But it's a consent order. So there's really no admission by Washington Trust that they've done anything wrong. So their position is, we didn't do anything wrong, but we're going to do all these things. So the U.S. Attorney's Office says, we've got Washington Trust to do all these things, and they're going to pay. Uh, Washington Trust says, it's cheaper for us to do this than litigate, and we would say at trial, we did nothing wrong. Well, that's a business talking point. But it seems to me that if Washington Trust didn't know they had some exposure, they would not have entered into this consent order, which requires them to do much more outreach to minority communities and um, not to say they were redlining, but whatever specter or suggestion or innuendo is that they might have been engaged in such things they're certainly not going to be able to do it any further because they're going to have you know, the spotlight right on them because the U.S. attorney is going to be looking to make sure that this consent order is complied with. Washington Trust has got a lot of um, things they've got to fix up within their organization. Meanwhile, uh, Dr. Mata in Skyline, that is the facility in uh, Providence right at the Water Basin, now been in dispute. Now, Dr. Mata's had... Some other headlines regarding some property that he had and also a virtual con that he did. But the skyline uh, situation regarding the city and Dr. Mata, Tim Dodd, that that seemingly right now is is headed to trial. Yes, that is going to trial. Um, The skyline eviction um, complaint that the city filed against uh, skyline has been pending for some time. This is not your ordinary commercial eviction. This case has got into very considerable discovery, which is uh, you know, not the norm necessarily. Usually commercial evictions, which all commercial evictions start in the district court, not in superior court. 
they're typically fast-tracked. You typically would get a trial within a couple of weeks. But um, Skyline is really digging in and fighting back. They take the position that, you know, they have not paid rent in a considerable period of time. Uh, number one, there was the COVID issue. And number two, during the Alorza administration, they had three different uh, rent abatement agreements that rent would be abated in exchange for Skyline making certain renovations and repairs to the building where they were operating. Um, those three abatement periods have expired. Skyline says that there was a fourth uh, abatement agreement with the uh, Alorza administration, but that is not in writing. So the right. Smiley administration is saying, well, there's no record of that. This is, you know, there's nothing in writing. There's nothing to prove that this agreement exists. That's been a, a large part of what's been going on from a discovery standpoint. If the court finds that these abatement agreements were legitimate and that Skyline has been doing what it's supposed to do in terms of renovations and repairs in exchange for an abatement of rent, well, there'll be an argument. Um, this case is um, actually the city has also filed a motion to dismiss Skyline's counterclaim against it, saying, you know, Skyline saying this prosecution is in bad faith because you know about these abatement agreements. The case will ultimately be tried by Judge Gorman. Um, he is a retired district court judge, but he sits frequently. He's probably heard literally tens of thousands of eviction cases over the course of his judicial career. He's a good person to have on this case. Um, he's very methodical. He'll give all sides a fair shake and allow the sides to prepare their cases. Um, it's not scheduled for trial, John, until February 24th of 2024, which seems a long way out in my view, but yeah. this is what we got. Folks, again, we're with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, our next story, uh, there was this bad fire on block island and they could not get this fire under control they apparently didn't have enough water pressure and now as the press is kind of digging in a little bit it, it sounds like there should be some accountability within both the state fire marshal but the inspector that was out there and apparently you know that were marking that this hotel and I believe some even some other establishments that they were all up to code and the finding now that that was certainly not the case. Yeah. Where have we seen this happen before? Yes. Um, yeah. The, the fire inspector who um, performed the inspection at the Harborside hotel has had his license revoked. Um, the post fire analysis of what was going in addition to the, um, insufficiency of water and water pressure is that the fire suppression system that was um, existing at the harbor side failed to activate normally if there's a kitchen fire you know there's a fire suppression system there's all you know these chemicals and, and things that come out of the hood and will douse a fire pretty quickly and pretty effectively this system did not operate apparently it was known by everybody including the inspector that the way this uh, suppression system was sort of jerry-rigged um, it was doomed not to work in the case of a fire and that the inspector actually knew that this thing was never going to work but went ahead and said oh what the heck and approved it anyways once this all came to light this inspector acknowledged that he had also um, approved and passed other um, fire suppression systems in other businesses uh, where clearly their systems were also not going to function in the event of a fire. Those, those businesses are now scrambling to get their fire suppression systems up to speed. So the fire inspector, John, this is a company, it wasn't like a, a city or a town employee. It, this was all done under a company called Emergency Services of New England. Now, 
was the conduct of their inspector criminally negligent? So far, the pronouncement has been that there's not going to be any criminal charges coming from this. But to the extent that Harborside's insurance company is going to be paying out a ton of money for this loss, one would think there might be a, a rear guard action against this emergency services in New England to try to recoup some of the money, saying this fire and the damage caused was directly related to the failure of the fire suppression system. I think there's also plenty of blame to assign to the Harborside restaurant because of the accumulation of, I think it was grease that had built up in the kitchen that once it caught fire, it couldn't be stopped. But again, that's something that this fire inspector should have said, Hey guys, you got a buildup of grease here. Um, This has to be abated before I can approve this whole system. And apparently he saw that this grease was building up and didn't do anything about that either. Wow. It's, uh, it's interesting, Tim Dodd, especially after the Station Nightclub fire, but there's still no legal accountability, seemingly, for these actions. And that's, um, I, I, that, that, that's, I mean, to me, it's still surprising that, that, that there isn't some kind of a legal recourse here. Well, it, it seems to me that the General Assembly's got to look at this and yeah. uh, beef up what can be done in these situations. Um, it seems like it's too easy. It's too easy for um, these fire inspectors to look the other way. And um, if something happens, unfortunately, as happened in this um, Harborside case, or even in the station fire, that there's no accountability for the inspector from a criminal standpoint. And it seems to me, there's got to be some criminality that's associated with a blatant knowing failure yeah, to write this situation up correctly and to simply pass it and overlook the obvious problems with the grease, with the fire suppression system not working correctly, etc. Uh, that's what these inspections are for. That's right. So. Finally, Tim Dodd, uh, I think it's interesting. Massachusetts, they're looking to create Ollie's Law, which would be regulations for kennels and uh, doggy daycares. I. This is a Massachusetts initiative. Um, it's yeah. called Ollie's Law because Ollie was this cute dog that was at a doggy daycare and apparently got mauled and killed by other dogs were at the facility. So Massachusetts is trying to um, enact some regulations that would govern how these boarding facilities operate in terms of safety for the staff, safety for the dogs that are left there, you know, in, in, in daycare. Um, to prevent these sort of situations occurring. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they do it as a practical matter because, you know, I guess dogs can act unpredictably given different situations. I mean, the dogs that um, killed Ollie, I don't know if they were deemed vicious or if they had a track record or if the facility knew or reasonably should have known that Ollie was being put in the company of, dogs with a track record if the dogs had no track record and this was the first time they had done anything and unfortunately what they did was to attack and kill ollie i'm not sure how the um the boarding facility operator could know that but again i don't know the specific facts of ollie's case but i do think it's a reasonable thing so many people are putting their dogs in daycare these days because of work obligations. Um, I think it's reasonable to have some um, regulations or requirements to most importantly, protect the staff that works there from injury by any of the also for the, for the dogs that are in their care, that they be reasonably safe from predictable harm. Folks, again, he is our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week. 
at Med Urgent Care. When you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to at Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be, at Med Urgent Care comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility there's two locations one near you johnston right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich that's right across from felicia's when you need and i need urgent care you want at med urgent care again two locations 1524 atwood avenue and johnston in the atwood medical center and 5750 post road east greenwich Seven days a week, doctors and nurses at Med Urgent Care. Men, women, you're experiencing hair loss? Well, call Scalp Masters. The micropigmentation, call Michael. Free consultation, 401-867-1097. They're located right in Cranston. What is the service for men and women that are experiencing hair loss or thinning? of the hair michael is very dedicated you can also check out their website it's scalpmastersri.com and it's very simple you're going to look younger it helps add density to existing long hair or hair transplants they can conceal hide hair transplant scars it's non-invasive it's cosmetic it's scalp masters call for your free consultation 401 867 1097 you're going to feel better you're going to feel better about yourself look more like your old self call scalp masters take advantage of that free consultation call michael 401-867-1097 men women experiencing hair loss or maybe just want more density call them 401-867-1097 make sure to find the john DePietro show facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream follow it all real time live stream just follow john DePietro's show right there on the facebook page propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401 885-4209 885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com. And then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on propane plus. Remember to follow the John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of the John DePietro Show.